Welcome to Side Talks. It's podcast. You know what I was thinking, Corey? What? How much cooler would this podcast be if I smoked while we while we recorded? Oh man. See, I don't smoke, but I think I could start. It's not too late. I am I'm about to turn 85. That's that's but like, I think that I could start now. <laughs> I believe in you. That's yeah. that's like an old school like like 70s talk show style thing. That's what I'm saying. And, yeah. you, and you'd kind of hear it. And then we could even put a piece of tape like across the table and say, this is the smoking section. And that's not, that's non smoking. I don't know. I think we might try it out. Okay. We'll see. I All might right. pick up that habit this weekend. So <laughs> let's, though, not talk about me smoking. Let's talk about movies. All right. Let's do it. Sponsored by Revelator Coffee. Side Talk says, we love you. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. Hey, bro, bro. It's Rachel and Corey calling you. Hey. Hi. What is going on? Well, I actually have two movies that I wanted to kind of um, mention to you guys oh, today. Oh, double down. It's Corey's birthday. <laughs> um. Well, we. So I, you know, watched. She a skipped couple, that. That's fine. So do what? It's Corey's birthday, Lisa. Oh my God, I didn't hear. I, I didn't hear that. That was not uh-huh. necessarily information Corey. that you required. You know, it's not germane to your your story. I think but... it is. I think that's why you watch two films, isn't it? Um. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> birthday celebration. Yeah, we'll go with Happy that. Birthday, Corey. Thank you. Um. Well, I'm glad that you're celebrating with Rachel today in person. Absolutely, we're uh, celebrating by fussing and fighting like we always do. Oh. Did she bring you cupcakes? No, but I'm allergic to cupcakes anyway. I forgot, so it's Lisa. Not a big deal. I forgot. What a jerk. Genuinely, you know what? Not a big deal. Brad, mark my word. I'm going to make up for this next time. You really yeah, you do not okay. have to do that, but but thank you. So, what have um, you been watching? More important than well, Corey's okay. birthday. What have you been watching? <laughs> um, okay, you know we've been watching spooky movies. You know because of this tis the season recently, um, and two of the most recent ones we watched had a distinct theme and um, Tony and I kind of figured it out and what we've titled it is incestuous honeypot murder scam movies. Whoa. <laughs> new genre alert, everyone. New genre yeah. alert. Okay. So the two movies are Crimson Peak. Ooh, hell yeah. Which, yep. Spoiler alert. Um, has a pair of siblings that are secret lovers running a murder scam. Yeah, as the they do. One, you what? As they do. Yeah, as they do. It's olden times. You know how that was. Um, <laughs> and then the other one is Sleepwalkers from 1992. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the cat, the wear cat. Yep. And that one has a mother-son duo that are secret lovers <laughs> running a murder game. <laughs> Did you just happen upon these? Yes. Coincidentally? Because no, that's amazing. Yes. We watched Crimson Peak, like maybe, I don't know, a week before last, you know, it was holiday, Halloween time, stuff like that. And then, you know, that's what's going on in there. And then uh, two nights ago, I guess it was like, yeah, the night after Halloween, or maybe it was Halloween night. I can't remember. Tony popped on Sleepwalkers, and uh, we're like, wait a minute. How come every movie we watch has weird, yeah, secret, uh, incestuous, honeypot murder, murder scam people? And so, you know, they kind of made me think about um, in Tommy Boy, because there's a similarity. Because, like, Bo Derek and Rob Lowe, they're supposed to be mother-son. And so when we see them kissing, we think incest for a minute. But then we learn that they're, you know, they're only pretending to be mother and son, but they're actually a married couple of con artists. 
So right. not quite as incest-related and not quite as murderous or supernatural, but there's still a honeypot situation. You know what? Let me, and this is a little bit of a sidestep, but let me remind you about the grifters. Because right. that that's a little bit of a it's a, it's it's not in the different world completely than what you're talking but, about. You know, I have not I have not seen that. I don't well, I I highly recommend it. Not just not just for the connection to this. That's but that's more subtext. General. Sleepwalkers makes uh, it. Do you not remember the last scene? Well, that's true. Okay, it it, it moves from subtext to, to text. I don't want to spoil it for <laughs> uh, you. But I Sleepwalkers really is. I mean that's that's textual. That's textual. Like, yeah, that's, it's there. It's, that's textual. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's Stephen King, an original screenplay from Stephen King. He, he's cracking his knuckles and like, okay, I got to work some stuff out. Um, and I I finished I don't know nine novels last week, so let me pop out the screenplay. Listen, right? He yeah, doesn't have like, time for therapy, y'all. Right. That guy is intensely prolific. You can't go to therapy if you write that much. So you're gonna see it that's in true. the. Uh, <laughs> And you know, um, yeah, man, the whole mother son cat cat relationship thing, oof, it was it was hard to watch. It was intense. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> both of the movies there was a lot of similarities. I mean, they've got both these things both sets of villains have to travel around to get fresh blood. And both God, of the honeypot operations have the guy as the pot. And of course in both movies things go awry. Um and then in, in the Crimson Peak, Loki Falls kind of falls for his, I guess, prey is what you would call her, and makes the sister lover really mad. Yep. And in the uh, Sleepwalkers, he never really falls for his prey, but Mom is really afraid that he will. Mom is super jealous. Yeah, because his prey in that is played by Madchen Amick, like 1992 era Madchen Amick. Beautiful. So, oh my gosh. You know. So who good. doesn't? Yeah, who right. doesn't? Mom should who be does? worried. Mom should be worried. And in both cases, the guy gets really messed up real bad or, you know, turns into a ghost or something. And ha- and the scammer ladies have to go on a rampage against the victim ladies. So <laughs> they're very similar. I had no idea. But they, they very much are. Um, Man, what a, a coincidence. Lot there's a lot more cats in um, Sleepwalkers. And if you don't like to see cats being harmed or strung up, uh, just don't watch that. That's bad. You there's know, you... Cats. The amount of films that you've been watching lately, Lisa, that have these these horrible pet situations, I, it's really, you, it's like, like you're it. drawn I, to them. I am not, I am, oh, no, it's, I hate it. I hate it. Listen, there is a hero cat, though, in Sleepwalkers named Clovis, and he's actually a cop cat, and he goes on patrol and stuff. Like, he Hell hangs yeah. out at the station and drives around in the car, and, um, yeah, he actually kind of begs the day. So, again, spoiler, but, yeah, there's a really, there's one cat that makes it, and he's, he does a great job. But, um... Yeah, uh, and then, you know, another note on the Crimson Peak thing, like, it is, the titular peak is crimson, literally, like, it is red, and, I mean, how did he not mention until she was all the way over in England that that estate was literally oozing red clay goo, and <laughs> that it mixes with the snow to make this whole peak, you know, bloody looking and super gross, like, that is a hard no, and I would have left immediately, because he even stepped on a floorboard and, like, red clay blood ooze comes out of it, I mean, it's so bad. How do you work that and into then, conversation, though? Well, I mean, okay, also, she, when she was a child, her dead mom ghost warned her not to go to, quote, Crimson Peak. Well, but, that's like, true. With no other explanation. And then he somehow never mentioned that, that it was called that until they're there. So, I mean, that seems like a really bad early ghost warning system. That Like, what was even the point of that scene? You know what I mean? Be more specific, mom ghost. 
Exactly. Use a little contact. Where is Crimson Peak? You know, what do you mean? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's a few, yeah, I would not have gone. I, but you're right. How do you bring that up? Like, oh, I'm going to take you to this place, but literally it'll look like it's covered in blood all winter. But don't worry about it. <laughs> also, I'm not boning my sister. Don't worry about it. It's fine, you know? <laughs> Oh, it is a tough. That's a that's a tough one to fit in a conversation. It is. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm so um, glad that you felt that you just happened to bring these two films together in your life within the same couple of weeks. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, a lot. So I hope I hope to not see any more cats destroyed or weird, um, you know, incestual honeypot murder scam movies for a while, but. Maybe I'll have to check out the grifters, like you've mentioned. Yeah, and again, it's going to be a little sidestep, but I mean, there's only so many we can throw into that category. So you <laughs> know, I'm, I'm stretching a little bit, but not too 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 far. I have a question <laughs> for Corey really quickly. Uh-huh. Is there any film that has more than two cats in it that you don't like? Like once you put two or more Ooh, cats in a film, okay. do you does it no. automatically just get your love? I'm sure that there's something. Um, but but yeah, I mean that's that's an easy way to immediately grab my attention, because um, because like Sleepwalkers isn't like a great movie, but it still kind of is. You know I what I mean? I heard your enthusiasm like, for it. I do like I do like Sleepwalkers because I like I like cats and Madchen Amick and and Stephen King early '90s sleaze. Um, who doesn't? Who, yeah, who doesn't? I mean, all who of doesn't? those are super appealing qualities, to be honest. Those are connective too. I feel like if you if you if you like one, you like the other. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to think on the cat question for a little. All right, while. well, we'll get back to us. But thanks, Lisa, <laughs> for the for this wonderful double again. Another a great double feature suggestion from from Lisa. Um, yeah. Well, you're welcome. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I take it you're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this week. Not this week. No, it'll probably be a little while before I get back over there, but, you know, I hope to receive a call while I'm there. Or the Home Goods parking lot, but, you know, <laughs> let me know. And text me next time you're in TCBY just because I want to know what the flavors are. Oh, absolutely. Any day. All right. Bye, Bross. Bye. Okay. Bye. Happy birthday. Thank you. And now, fast film terms. Vroom! It's fast film terms. It is. And, you know, we're, I was, you know, being a little fun with that. Vroom! But this is not really a fun one. Yeah, and, this is a more somber in, fast film terms. In context, I'm sure everyone who's listening has heard about the horrific incident that happened on the set of a film very recently that involved Alec Baldwin and the death of uh, a very talented cinematographer. Yes. And it is is terrible. Uh, and in that, I, I thought that considering that recent event that we would go ahead and define some of the terms that keep coming up in relationship to this incident. Yes. Um, one of which is what a blank is. Yeah, a blank is a uh, a cartridge um, that's that can be loaded into a firearm that mimics, you know, a a a bullet. Right. That's right. It contains um, gunpowder. It contains gunpowder. No bullets. There is no slug in that's this right. cartridge. Um, so usually, in place of a slug, there is there's padding, there is paper, there is um, you know something soft because when when a blank is fired there's still that propulsion that's right, right. it expel that, it it says here the blanks expel gunpowder yes. and has and have gases that come out of the front of the of the barrel right yes. so there that's, is that. that's why you get the spark that's why you get the right. the little um little flame that you you know see in in the barrel of a gun when when a full you know a bullet is fired but blanks you know a lot of people think blanks are harmless blanks because they expel that gas because they still ignite gunpowder 
uh, can, in fact, um, still hurt people. And in some cases, you know, and I think this is something that we're, we're going to talk about, like the, the Brandon Lee right. uh, tragedy back on the set of The Crow, um, they can lead to people's deaths. Now, that, that situation was a little different because uh, the Brandon Lee weapon, um, there was a, a fragment from a dummy bullet that was still lodged in the barrel. And what happened was the, the armorer and the first assistant uh, director on the set of The Crow uh, didn't check the the barrel of that weapon right. and so that fragment from that dummy bullet was in there when the blank was fired and the blank having gunpowder in it propelled that fragment of the dummy bullet as if it were a slug from a bullet so um that that ended uh you know uh, being a terribly tragic situation and, and led to the death of brandon lee but yeah uh, but that's what a, that's what a blank is um, and they tend to be they tend to be fairly safe at long range yes but long once, range, once you sure. begin moving closer it, it it's more questionable. And so you mentioned armor and an armor or a weapons master are really that those titles can be used yes. interchangeably. And that is the person who's responsible for not just the firearms on set, but for all weapons on set. Yes. And by the way, a firearm, when this, this sort of term prop firearm can contain any number of different weapons. They, a prop firearm is everything from a rubber, completely fake rubber gun all the way through to a real firearm, to a real gun. And so this weapons master, armor they're responsible they oversee all the weapons including these prop firearms and interestingly this is a fairly new title yeah so this title armor or weapons master is something that evolved starting in around the 1980s and prior to the 1980s it was it was the prop master's job sure. there wasn't a sort of specialty to an armor that it was at least not in a, a sort of documented consistent uh, fashion. Yeah, you know, the, this this job was spun off from merely the prop master to ensure safety on set, to right. have a specialized person on film sets whose job it is to maintain uh, the firearms uh, and the use of blanks and make sure that that process is as safe as possible. Now, that also, as as the, the news has discussed, typically goes through the first AD, um, who is the final you know, line of safety um, with with prop weapons. Um, the point is, there are safeguards upon safeguards to make sure that something like well, yes, this tragedy and- uh, never happens. And unfortunately, it seems like all of those safeguards failed. So there's a there's a breaking down of all kinds of, of responsibility in the situation. And of course, we're still learning some facts about uh, about the incident and what happened and what led up to it. Uh, all tragic. But there is, there is something else. This is not really a fast film term, but there is another misstep here, which is that generally speaking, the rule is that you wouldn't, no matter what you're firing, you wouldn't fire in the direction of a person. For sure. You would fire to the side of them. So you, or, or you know, far to the side of them. And so the direction that's being given is also at fault here because yes. to be firing, at, especially at close range, but to be firing in the direct path of a camera operator is inappropriate and clearly dangerous. Yeah. So that's another misstep. It's an interesting legal question in a lot of ways too because there are so many sort of uh, touch points of responsibility here. In addition to that, there has been some talk, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but there has been some talk that part of the reason for the uh, sort of small crew was due to COVID protocols, so that the the fact that uh-huh. you know that that people were wearing multiple hats, or that the armorer maybe was being 
you know, doing multiple jobs was due to COVID protocols. Now, I don't know if that's an excuse or true or what, but it's an interesting, you know, it's an it's an interesting suggestion. Sure. So anyway, that's our not so fast film terms and and not so fun fast film terms this this time around. Yeah, and in, in memory of Helena Hutchins, the uh, the cinematographer who lost her life on the set of that film. Uh, what an again awful awful tragedy for for everybody involved. Uh, nobody should lose their life on the set of a film, especially in a situation where there have been safeguards in place for years and years to ensure that things like this don't happen. I mean, it really is just an astronomical failure of, of film set safety. Um, and, and you just really hate to hear about a tragedy like this. And on the heels of um, not so long ago, a young woman who was killed on a, in a train track. I mean, that's right. Sarah I, Jones. I, yeah. yeah. I feel like every time something like this happens, there's a flag raised to remind us of what a dangerous job it can be to make movies. People are working under incredible amounts of stress uh, with very heavy production budgets that are, that can go out of control very easily. And so you have to kind of, there's a lot of financial decisions being made at any given moment and you're working with a crew of people who oftentimes have had little sleep and the the consequences of going long and late are, are, are grave and so it can lead to a lot of error and um but when this flag is raised you think that things are going to change and then you see that here we go hearing about something really terrible that could have been avoided again yep Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. Sponsored by Revelator Coffee, we are your own personal cinematic Caesar and Brutus. Uh, do you like that one? I do. It, it, it touches my English teacher heart. <laughs> I figured. That's why I threw it in there for yeah. your birthday. Yeah. Well, thanks. You're welcome. But, you know, I'm, I'm Caesar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Getting stabbed. I know, bunch. I know. But I still come out on top. <laughs> uh, dead. Oh, um, right. But, so what, what happens But next? ruling Well, still. that's true. So anyway, um, what's next? Next is to thank Boutwell Studios. Yeah, thank you to Boutwell Studios for producing this show every week. Next and, is also to um, thank people for listening. Yeah, and, and check us out um, on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and SidewalkFest.com where you can see cinema showtimes. Come see a movie with us. Why not? Yeah. It's fun. It is. Bye. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.